What's up, guys? Coach Clint McGill here with Baseball Notes. Welcome to the podcast today. And today's episode's a great one. And we got a two-parter with the one and only Mike Brumley, uh, former Major League player and coach for almost 40 years now, joining us and talking all things development. So in part one, we're going to explore overseas, what they're doing in the Dominican Republic and Taiwan specifically. Those are two areas that Mike spent a ton of time. And we're also going to then transition into part two and we're going to talk about all of the technology that has changed over the last couple of decades, some of Mike's favorite uh, pieces of technology, and some that he hasn't found any value in. So super, super interesting conversation. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. That way you're ready for part two once it's out. And make sure you follow us on the social medias. We've got a lot of clips being shared on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Baseball Notes on both of those. Some really fun stuff and really valuable information, little, little nuggets that are easy easy to digest so so without further ado here's our conversation with coach mike brumley all right mike thanks for being here today sir good to see you again thanks so much man it's uh, exciting it's baseball season man and we're right in the middle of it uh, from college to high school to uh, you know the big league guys getting on kind of getting in the swing coming out of short spring training you know with a limited so i'm starting to see the game just kind of start getting going i'm excited about uh, the amateur stuff that's going on and Big 12's coming this way, and I've got buddies that are working in the pack. You know, so it's just a, it's just a, it's a great time right now. Yeah, for sure. We had a long delay with that strike. I was like, oh man, when's baseball going to get here? Now it feels like an avalanche. I'm like, can't even keep up with uh, all the going on. <laughs> for so sure, it's, it's fun, man. So, um, well, sweet. Well, let's get into it uh, today. I really wanted to pick your brain on all things development. So that's something that you have seen. You know, I love your perspective. You've been involved in the game for so long. It's changed so much over the last decade or two. And, um, you know, you have one thing that I don't think a lot of people know about you is that you've spent extensive time in other countries, right? And where you didn't even speak the language. Absolutely. You know, I've got to have a great opportunity to spend a lot of time in South America and, uh, you know, in Asia, you know, I've been been in Korea, been in Japan, spent extensive time in Taiwan, and that's probably more my experience as far as development was going there. Uh, South America, obviously, uh, you know, with the influx of so many great Latin players today, um, you know, they're hungry. It's a it's a sport that's so specific to their country. You know, we've got a lot of distraction over here with basketball and football and you know and, and we're still you know baseball's still strong but I think that's why we're seeing such a such a big influx of uh, you know and Asian Asia's starting to turn out players that are coming over earlier uh, we're getting some good players over here from there which is great to see but but the, the Latin countries you know uh, but the, my time has been Dominican primarily I mean I played in Puerto Rico loved it back in the 80s man when it was at its height I mean there were so many good players out of Puerto Rico at that time and um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride, but I've got to see it over the past you know forty years now, uh, kind of what's uh, how things have transitioned and how people are catching up with our Western ideas, and then how to kind of influx what they do in South America to you know kind of what we do. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about where, you know, I've heard people talk about how, you know, a lot of these Dominican players are, you know, I would go air quotes disadvantaged with like equipment and playing facilities and stuff. And so, you know, it's not the best thing to give a eight year old a man sized bat uh, for an eight year old. But, you know, that's really good if you're wanting them to be 
a really good 16 year old. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I've heard, you know, people talk about like, Hey, they're using heavy bats. They're, you know, they're taking infield on, you know, they're not on turf, so they're not yeah. getting good hops. So they know how to handle that. And that's actually benefited them. And I don't know how much of that is, you know, how much that is true or not, but I'm curious, let's talk about Dominican specifically before we get to Taiwan. Like, what do you see? Do you see anything that they do that you're like, you know what, they do a better job with their youth players or their development that I think America could take a take a key from? Is there anything that stands out? I, you know, the one thing I, you know, going down their years and seeing players come over, um, you know, and where the, you know, where the knock on, I think some of the, is the education, right? I mean, so the Dominican education process is, is not real extensive after, I think it's like seventh grade. And after that, you pay to play kind of deal. Um, so, you know, I said that in that development, uh, just the mental skills of what, you know, I, I think is a big adjustment when they come to the States is putting together all this information that we give and all the things that we think about. And they, they look at it more just as a pure feel uh, of what they do. And so that's been, uh, you know, my experience is, uh, has, you, you got to use a lot of common sense, uh, you know, especially for me not being great in Spanish. I mean, I, I recognize words and I know kind of what's going on around me, but to be able to articulate it, you know, a whole, you know, session of teaching. No. So I've tried to, that's when I really started developing a lot of nonverbal, uh, communication, whether it's a, a tool or a thought or, a, you know, what they already know. I try to compare a lot of things to what they know, but the great thing about down there is they're not distracted by a lot of other sports. You know, this is their game, you know, and this is what they do. And, um, and there's some urgency, you know, for them. I mean, they're looking, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, Hey, I want to go play college baseball for a couple of years and, you know, get my education. And now nah, this is, this is, uh, this is important for them. And, uh, and they sell out to it. Um, you know, and that's where we're seeing this influx of there's some just great players because I think it's the urgency of what, who, who they are and, and kind of, you know, their ticket, you know, more or less. So would you say that it's not necessarily that they're doing things, di training differently. It's just they're out repping us. I mean, that sounds like they're yeah. they're out repping our kids, right? I, I think one of the problems I've seen, you know, especially with DR, is uh, you know they just don't have these extensive little league programs and you know all these chances to play. I mean, there's a bunch of fields, and there's a bunch of backstops out there that you know got you know goats and rocks and everything else, <laughs> and they're out there just playing, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's just. You know, when they do, they love it, and they're out there every day handling the ball, right? I mean, you know, now they might be catching it. You know, I've seen, you know, and I've never seen this personally, but I hear the guys talk about, you know, I think, what, Mario Rivera, you know, had a had a, a, a milk carton or something that he made out of a glove, you know. Now, I've never seen that side of it, but I have seen uh, those guys just be out in a field and it's just catch and throw and transfer and, um, you know, and, and school and other sports and activities and cell phones and video games, not as distracting for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're out there doing it the old school way. And, uh, you know, we revert back to, you know, whatever happened to just throwing a tennis ball against a wall for hours. Like, you know, that's what they do. And that's you got these guys that are just natural fielders and, you know, and they're hungry. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, that sounds interesting. There's you always look for what's that secret? What are they doing? What's that drill they're doing? No it's doubt. like, dude, they put in four hours of ground balls today. Like we did 
14 minutes at practice last night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. twice a week. And yeah. that's less than they, what they're doing. You know what I mean? So, no doubt. Um, that's and, I, and I think for us, you know, like with all the academy establishments and things that we're trying to do, you know, for the for the, for the Latin players and has been great, um, you know, it, it gets down to, you know, dietary things. There's a lot of, you know, when you look at a young Latin player, there's, they're eligible to sign 16 and a half type of thing. And, um, and you look at, you got to really project with those guys. Um, there's a lot of big arms, mechanics, maybe not perfect, but they just got this big arm speed. And, um, and again, you know, you kind of project with those guys and say, hey, man, if this guy's on a great, you know, real strong diet and he's getting three meals and, you know, he's exercising, we're training him, you know, what could he grow into be? I mean, that's, uh, you know, obviously why it's, you know, such a big deal. Right. I got gotcha. you. Well, how about uh, like Taiwan? What is What do you see over there? How do they, they seem very meticulous just from the outside. Uh, unreal. Like uh, what, what's your take on how they work? There's no question. Uh, you know, when I was down there, uh, so one time we had two players. So there's a high school, there's a high school in Tainan that's produced a lot of pros, uh, you know, in their country. Right. And it's a little different because you've got, you know, you got five teams there they play – I mean, every good player is going to play into his 40s there. I mean, it's just because the level, the influx of things. But looking from the amateur side of it, so I heard about this high school. So I said, hey, I want to go out and uh, I, want to, I want to see this high school's workout and I want to go over and just get in the middle of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I told uh, one of the guys, I said, hey, can you call – and he's a legendary coach. I'm, I apologize for not having his exact name. Uh, but but he's a legendary guy and and uh, so I I basically just the guy called and says hey you know Mike's coming over to to be in, involved in your practice well I pull up there and you know I just get out of the cab right and and, and uh, I go out they're set up for BP in this field and they've got eight kids throwing BP on the field at the same time and eight hitters. And it was three left-handed pitchers and three right-handed pitchers throwing BP in this giant field. I'm talking about at the end of that BP, I'm talking about four or five thousand balls on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. They hit, they divide it with these screens, and they hit eight guys at a time. BP. Now, while this is going on, down the left field line is three machines set up for bunning. And down the right field line is like flips. And they rotate this thing through. And then behind the eight guys is eight more nets that these guys are hitting into the net while they're waiting to go. And all these kids, I mean, you've got this group of 14, 15, 16s throwing. And it coaches throwing BP. The kids are throwing BP, and they're throwing strikes. Wow. And it's just, it is absolutely amazing to see. So I got over there, and I just started going up and down the line and, you know, adjusting guys' hands and, you know, looking at and getting some communication. And, you know, because over there, I mean, English is, is being – pushed especially with the young younger adults or younger kids and adults not a lot of guys my age uh speak real good english over there so they're a little standoffish a little bit uh, in, in, in interacting with you because of that you know because of that void but this coach was just fired up right and, and he would bring over his best players and he'd be like these guys, you know very good you know and and uh you know so he said what you know help him look at his swing you know so i'd I'd get involved with it, but they were, and so we went through this workout. They probably hit for an hour. He was rotating people in and out. He calls them all in. They pick up the balls. I'm talking about 5,000 balls. 
they pick up all the balls. We all go sit in the stands, and he asked me to speak, right? And, that, and I had they were going to interpret, you know, my because I had a couple kids that spoke really good English, so they, you know, they know who those guys are, so they they were interpret this thing. So I go through this little twenty minute speech. I'm like, okay, you guys, workout's over, right? I'm, like, I'm kind of ending up the deal, and so I get through talking. The coach says something. They all run out on the field and start it again. <laughs> Another hour BP <laughs> repeated the exact same thing we just did for a couple of hours. And at the end of it, I mean, you're talking, there was probably, I want to say 60 or 70 kids on this field. Uh, not one parent in the stands, not one car parked. I mean, everybody's on a scooter, a bicycle, and they're out there. And we practiced till like nine o'clock at night. And it started at like two. Oh my and, word! And uh, and then he called us in again. I'm thinking, are we going three rounds? You know. So I talked to him again. So I did that like three times, where I went out to that school, just uh, you know, just a dirt dirt field, uh, huge though. You know, like foul turf. And you can imagine if eight guys were hitting. The foul territory was probably twice as big as what we're used to. But, um, man, they were just – they're committed to the work. And it's about repping for them. I mean, it's the time they put in. And they've got this influx of Korea, Japan, right? So you've got – they're on TV all the time. And there's a lot of interaction between the teaching. You've got Korean coaches come to Taiwan. And the Japanese coaches will come to Taiwan. And, you know, Taiwan coaches will come to the States and learn. So there's – there's this big information being traded, but when it comes down to it, um, they're pretty they're pretty adamant about what they believe. Once they get it in their minds, it's hard to change them. Mm. Uh, when I got over there, I, I said, "Man, I'm not going to try to bull rush these people." And you know, like I got all the answers. You know, I was like, I was I was like, you know, we're going to be very humble going in. I'm going to try to interject and, and and kind of bring east to west together. A little bit and that's kind of what i did and uh the older players the veteran player wbc guys they're really studs that have been playing a lot of those kids had played in the states for you know three or four or five years uh it's hard for them to make it i mean they don't realize the competition when they come over here the amount of people that are playing this game because it's not only us it's all of south america it's all of venezuela it's all poor you know and so they get into this melting pot so a lot it's hard for them to make it through our minor league system. Now, the guys that you see that are successful major league-wise now are coming out of Korea or Japan. They've been big leaguers for a while, and then they come over and challenge to get in. And, you know, I saw Otani. You know, Logan and I watched Otani a ton of games when he was in Japan, and Logan's like, you think Otani would do good in the States? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. I go, this guy's filthy. You know, I said, I don't know if he's going to hit. You know, like, well, I guess I wasn't right there. But, um, you know, so I thought, well, he's definitely going to pitch. You know what I mean? Because this is stuff so good. Right. And then hitting-wise, I thought, well, man, he's so big and strong. He can leverage. The more I started watching him, the better I liked him. Um, but, man, you know, they are they are really about reps and about – understanding but they'll just put their time in man those kids put their time in they love it it's uh you know it's all apart and, and education is pushed they have to make good grades they'll go to school all day and then go practice for six hours i mean it's wild no complaining aloud right no, yeah <laughs> no yeah it's not you know they they there's no parents you know being like hey johnny i brought your glove you left it at home you know you know now they 
those kids carry backpack, bat, ball, books. I mean, they're just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I can see that. It, that kind of comes through in their culture. But, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so technical question. So I, when I look at, you know, a Japanese game or something on that, you know, they got it on TV. Uh, it feels like they've all got a very similar style, kind of like a slow leg kick or something. I mean, what what do you see when you say east versus west when you're like, you know, where you see that they do, you're like, you know, that's kind of the Japanese philosophy, but it doesn't seem to work here in the States. Is there like a, yeah. a common teaching over there? You're like, uh, you know, it's, it's working, but I don't know that I agree with it. I mean, what, what do you see with that? I think what I, what I see down there, you know, uh, in the Taiwan, you know, in that, in that whole Asian deal is there's just so much off speed that they pitch with, you know, this shoot though, split finger fastball type of thing. They throw a lot of breaking balls. Oh, really? A lot of change up. Yeah. So it's not real heavy fastball. So that's why the guys from the States, you know, so you'll take uh, the guys who are successful in Asia pitching wise, whether it's Korea, Taiwan, or Japan, are guys with plus velocity. Mm. But they don't have the secondary pitches sometimes to last over here. So they take, you know, and I was one of these guys, so I don't like the term. For a player, yeah, because that's who I was, I guess. <laughs> right. You know, for the most Those part, those guys are amazing. Let's not disrespect yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you know, we all try hard. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, and they, so they got these four A pitchers that are, uh, you know, throwing one fifty one, one forty eight, one fifty one, you know, kilometer wise over there, which is you know, so guys that are up in the nineties, ninety one, ninety three, ninety four are going to do really good over there because they're just not used to the velo. So part of the technique that you see, you know, you got these big slow leg kicks and you got these guys mule kicking over the plate, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy to watch, but then you watch the real pure, pure hitters. Like these guys that are batting title type guys, they all kind of have a Western style built because I'm, you know, Logan and I would be you know, evaluating a lot of hitters and, and we're like, man, you know, when you really break it down, his mechanics are pretty much what we're doing and what we have to do in the States to hit. And then you've got these other guys that are good players over there that can't make it here. You know, and I think that's where you see, you know, so I kind of see a combination of the guys who are really good, you know, the separators. You know, you watch, the, you know, the kid that, uh, you know, it's now with the Cubs. Cubs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you look at I mean, it's pretty – he's not got a lot of craziness going on in his swing. And so, yeah, he's – you know, he's having his, you know, growings up right now, you know, getting in this league and, and all that stuff. But you see it be a little more traditional. Um, and then obviously they take, you know, three or four American bats over there. and But the pitching is really where they try to try to get it. But, um, yeah, I try to just get them to understand and kind of combine those principles. And, and they have, you know, they have a hard time because they're, they get a lot of information. And they seek a lot of information. You know, so, man, you got all – when you're working with these guys, they're looking at all kinds of stuff. So you got to – you kind of got to be on point to give them the answers uh, to not to not lose them a little bit, and uh, you know. So yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I know. I, I found that interesting. Whenever uh, you know, I was been watching you, and you actually put me through a workout once when we were at extended spring training. There, right. not extended. It was an instructional league. Right. And uh, and I was like, dog on these drills. Like I don't even really, I didn't really know what we were doing, but I'm swinging better, and it <laughs> kind of developed from your lack of being able to speak. You no doubt. What, what do they speak? Is it Japanese over in Taiwan? What do they speak? Yeah. Is it well, they they. What they technically they have their own language. Yeah, now they they speak. Uh, you know, they, I mean, there's a Taiwanese dialect. I think a little bit what they do, but it's you know, it's your basic you know 
traditional Mandarin Chinese. Yeah. So I was like, and, wow, uh, like you, you having yeah. to communicate with those players seems like that'd be challenging. We'd be like, Hey, how can we develop a drill or a, you know, a prop or whatever to kind of get them into those yeah. proper positions. And, uh, so yeah, like it that. was real important to use video with them. I had to show them, uh, and then we had some samples, you know, we had a little bit of a library of some of the Western good hitters, right? We're talking about trout and Cabrera and, Posies and guys who've just dominated over here for years, like, and they know who those guys are. So they look at it and they, oh, man, those are stars. And they, they, because they, they're, they're up on it. It's like if you want to talk about trout, every one of those guys knows who he is. Mike Trout. I yeah, it's that. not like yeah. now they know who the superstars in in Japan are too, um, but they're on it. You know, what I mean, so uh, so when you look at that and you bring them information, um, and you know, you got to work through an interpreter, right? I mean, that's one thing. DR wise, sometimes you know, I felt like the, the translation wasn't as clean, you know. And so then I was like, man, that's not what I said. I see what the player just did. I said, that's not exactly what I'm saying. So then I said, I, I got to come up with a prop, you know, whether it's a you know med ball or a weighted something or even just a visual of, you know, like base stealing was one of them. I'm like, hey, if you had a cup of water sitting on you know on your chest, don't spill the water out in your setup, right? So if you think about that, taking your lead. Getting, if you had a cup of water, you know, not spilling, you can't get your, you know, you're not going to get over your toes too much. You're going to try to stay stacked a little bit better. You know, so just little things like that. But um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it took some patience, especially with the veteran players, um, because they, they've heard a lot. They've heard a lot of guys come in and a lot of guys, you know, there's a bunch of people come up and done clinics and all that stuff. But when I got there, uh, man, we were, we were down in the dirt. You know, I mean, it wasn't a lot of, I wasn't having meetings, you know, we weren't putting, putting up charts, you know, graphs. And it was like down in the dirt, get dirty in the cage, which they didn't even have. Right. I got there and I go, where's the cage? Oh no, no cage. So I started looking around the complex. I found this storage thing in there and I go, I want my cage here. And they were like, oh no, no, no. I got my cage, you know, and then, uh, it's you like, know. we got a field. It's got eight lanes of people. Wow. BP, you know Dude, what I mean? It, like it's uh, they just make it work. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to, uh, I need to search my, uh, see if I can get the videos. I think I know I took some pictures and in fact, I just, just was called by one of the graduates of that high school is, is one of their big leaguers. And I just got a, in fact, this morning, you know, I was like, hey, can I send you a video? He goes, I'm struggling right now. This is one of their WBC hitters that I worked with in the past. So uh, anyway, crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Well, I mean, talking about video, it kind of leads us in transition. What we'll do is uh, we'll go to a part two where we'll kind of talk about some of the technology that uh, that you're liking these days, things you haven't found useful. And uh, if you guys are interested in uh, what Mike teaches, we've I convinced him to create a program, Swing Made Easy. Uh, like I said, it's one of those deals where you know Mike's drills are the best, and a lot of what what we just talked about explain that with you know having to focus on feel versus just explaining it to people. And so uh, anyway. It's it's a really good breakdown of the swing, kind of get people in good positions to be able to compete during games. So be sure to click the link uh, or go to baseballnotes.com. You can click on the programs. You'll see Swing Made Easy if you want to check that out. And uh, for part two, be sure to subscribe to the, the podcast and uh, we'll get you going. So anyway, uh, sit tight and we'll get you to part two. Thanks, Mike. Awesome.